Welcome to the Knowing Jesus Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Bachman, a licensed professional counselor. On the show, we explore who the real Jesus is, with his love, with his power, and with his endless pursuit of humanity, with the hope of changing our lives. On today's episode, we'll be reading John chapter 12, verses 37 through 50. Even after Jesus had performed so many signs in their presence, they still would not believe in him. This was to fulfill the word of Isaiah the prophet, Lord, who has believed our message? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For this reason they could not believe, because, as Isaiah says elsewhere, he has blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts, so they can neither see with their eyes nor understand with their hearts, nor turn, and I would heal them. Isaiah said this because he saw Jesus' glory and spoke about him. Yet at the same time, many even among the leaders believed in him. But because of the Pharisees, they would not openly acknowledge their faith for fear that they would be put out of the synagogue. For they loved human praise more than the praise from God. Then Jesus cried out, Whoever believes in me does not believe in me only, but in the one who sent me. The one who looks at me is seeing the one who sent me. I have come into the world as a light, so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. If anyone hears my words but does not keep them, I do not judge that person. For I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. There is a judge for the one who rejects me and does not accept my words. The very words I have spoken will condemn them at the last day. For I did not speak on my own, but the Father who sent me commanded me to say all that I have spoken. I know that his command leads to eternal life, so whatever I say is just what the Father has told me to say. Okay, switching to the unpacking part, we see that even though Jesus is performing so many signs and so many miracles, they would still not believe in him. It's easy, I feel immediately reminded how many times in my life, uh, it's easy to blame these people and say, man, get with, the, get with the picture. Can't you see what Jesus is doing? And yet, um, short version of my story, until college, where I had a very significant encounter with Jesus, I never... <laughs> attributed the good things to him or to an actual relationship with him. And there were a handful of times, very, very small, short handful, but where I prayed significant prayers and said, I need this, God, I'm stuck, I'm struggling. And even though at times they, they were fairly miraculous things or completely unexpected, helpful things, they didn't turn my heart to him. And so I am, at least for myself and story, convicted that I want to throw stones at these people and be like, come on, he's performing miracles. And yet it took so long for me to at least see that Jesus is more than a miracle worker and maker. He is God. He's not a vending machine. He's not someone who just answers prayers or does really magic tricks, for lack of a better term. He's so much more than all of that. He is Messiah and God. And I wonder if that is the actual wrestling that's going on here. 
that they can see the signs, they're surprised and impressed by the signs, but the human heart does not want to submit to the lordship, kingship, God ownership of our hearts. We don't want to be servants. We don't want to be told what to do. And I wonder if that's what they wrestle with. They don't want to accept the miracles because of what the miracles then imply, that he is God and has a right to speak over their lives and hearts. I won't pretend to understand this Old Testament link here. I have no idea why Isaiah, I mean, obviously Isaiah is speaking through the Holy Spirit. This is God-ordained um, Lord who has believed our message, to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed. And then again, he has blinded, he has blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts so they can neither see with their eyes nor understand with their hearts. I don't know why God is doing that. I do know that throughout the Old Testament, it doesn't at least say that this is the recurring message, that Israel was blinded and their hearts were hardened. It didn't seem like they needed any help to do that. So I have no idea other than for the fulfillment of Jesus having to die on the cross that God would intervene and blind their eyes at this moment. But something that did stand out to me, verse 41, Isaiah said this because he saw Jesus' glory and spoke about him. That has never stood out to me before. I love these little moments where you see that the Holy Spirit is working throughout the entire story and prophets or people from the Old Testament get an extra measure of faith looking forward and believing in the coming Messiah. I know there's a time where it mentions Abraham has a similar faith, and now Isaiah is being called out as someone who's seeing Jesus's future glory and talking about him. So even though eyes are blinded, hearts are hardened, verse 42 talks about how even though this is happening, there are many leaders, religious leaders, who did believe in him. But what happens? They didn't speak up because they were afraid of being put out of the synagogue. We might use the term excommunicated. They're afraid that they're going to be kicked out of the church. And it says, for they loved human praise more than the praise from God. Man, we need men and women who are willing, sadly to say, to suffer for standing up for the right thing, to stand up for goodness and truth and what the Holy Spirit is leading as opposed to just business as usual. I'm not going to list specifics, one, because I don't remember them right now off the top of my head, but I know there are a number of church organizations that have been in the news um, in the last year or so, um, accused of, you know, whether it's um, sexual abuse, um, abuse of power, terrible things, right? And I do know there's a handful of people that I even got to read about that were willing to talk about these things and say, hey, I've been hearing this, it needs to be addressed, and they were completely ignored and then end up losing their jobs. And I just have to say, like that takes so much courage and is righteousness to say, I don't care if I'm going to lose my job 
Because at the end of the day, this is not about jobs and employment and what people think about us. We have to do, or at least we're called to do, the right thing. We can't be blind and deaf to evil. I know it's a million times easier to, to say than to do. Um, and I feel like one time in my life, I even I got fired for trying to say, hey, like this, this is some brokenness happening right here. And it sucks. It's not right. But we can't let that be what drives us, the fear of reputation, the fear of what people are going to think about us or say about us, the fear of losing our jobs. And I think that's where we've we've been talking about a, a few times, this idea of suffering and being a servant of Christ and the walk of the Christian, which is basically an invitation to an uncomfortable, challenging life. Another reason we need community so much, right? That we can encourage one another and rejoice with one another. Like, brother, sister, like you took a risk and yeah, you're unemployed right now and that sucks. And God is going to provide. Again, doing all these things in love and kindness and patience, it has to be through the power of the Holy Spirit. We don't just go on um, virtue uh, crusades and, 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 and malign people because they're doing bad things. It's that tension of calling out the wickedness and the evil, having no tolerance for it, and by the sweet grace of Jesus, doing it in love. So all that to say, we see these themes happening in the past and still in the present, that it can be so tempting to care more about what human beings think, what the powerful people think, the important people, quote-unquote, think, as opposed to God. And then Jesus transitions um, from this segment to talking about whoever believes in him. I'm I'm paraphrasing at this point. Um, Whoever believes in him is also believing in the Father. And that he has come into the world as light so that no one who believes in him should stay in darkness. Again, this invitation. He is trying to say, guys, sin leaves you in darkness. Sin is destructive. It will kill you. Um, it's not attractive or pleasant to look inward and take our personal responsibility for our brokenness. As a counselor, I'm not going to lie. I struggle holding the tension. So many times I go too far on the compassion or maybe now even in life in this season, I've been maybe, maybe too far on the accountability for all I know. I'm just so sensitive that it's actually the right place, but it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable to basically say, no matter, like in my life, so many times I was hurt and in pain. I struggle with depression. I need medicine for my brain to see things more accurately. People did disappoint and hurt. But if I'm honest, there are countless times where my own pride, my own sin, my own refusal to take responsibility for things contributed and amplified my pain and suffering right? So I can have compassion for little Brian. Oh man, I wish he had had more mentors. I wish he had had more people that could see, hey man, you need help. You're struggling. We don't want you to struggle. Love, compassion. And then also the challenge to say, hey, it doesn't seem like you ever hold the positive things too. 
I was just scrapbooking the other day. Uh, I guess I don't know if it's actually scrapbooking. I basically just have a book of, of memories and journal entries and pictures. But and just reflecting, oh my goodness, I'm so glad I had written down some rarer things. Um, it was rare for me to write down the positives, and yet I never let them touch my heart, if that makes sense. I remember like writing you know, this journal, I can remember, like I was really struggling there in that period, and someone said something so kind to me, and as, it was as if it was a blip on the radar. I, I enjoyed it for a day or two, and then just completely forgot and went back into, no one cares about me, no one loves me, no one sees me. I believe the narrative of lies instead of, sadly, having to do the hard work of reminding myself of the good things God has done and others have done and having to rehearse that story. Maybe you can relate. Maybe your mind goes negative. Maybe you don't. Maybe you have a strength in there and that's not as hard for you. But for those who are like me, I encourage you to remind yourself, take note of the good things and read over them and thank God for them. Don't ignore the pain, but if you're like me and it's it's easy to be in touch with the pain, I challenge you now to look at the other side as well. And then near the end of our time today, Jesus talks about how he does not come into the world to judge, but then... If we are rejecting his words, we are judged. And one could say, well, that sounds harsh, doesn't it? And for whatever reason today, I'm seeing this in a different light. Um, It's fascinating, right? So it's basically the person telling you, a pretty extreme example maybe, but um, heroin is killing you. Your drug use is killing you. Your addiction is killing you. You're doing things that are destroying you. Right, And if someone were to say, ah, man, screw you, like, don't tell me what to do, they will reap the, the results of death from that. Like telling someone that they're doing something that's destroying them, and then them not listening or caring is going to have bad results. Right, and I, I get this. This takes faith. It takes faith to believe that Jesus knows what he's talking about, that Jesus is good. And so when he is saying something, it is life. I don't want to take that for granted. We shouldn't take that for granted, that for the non-Christian, that's difficult. I can think back in my own life, like early stages of coming to know Jesus, I was so offended and yet intrigued. Life wasn't going well. I was miserable. I'm not saying that you can't also be a Christian and struggle with misery. I'm not. But it was different because there was hopelessness. There wasn't an understanding that I was walking with God, that there's a point to all of this, that there's purpose, and that there's resurrection hope. There's redemption. If we deny Jesus... We are judged, not in a vindictive, mean, get back at you way, but it's more of a matter of fact. Well, we didn't want life. We didn't want flourishing. We didn't want wholeness. We're rejecting the good things, and God does not force himself upon us. It seems like matter of fact, small and 
incomparable example, but it's the kid who parents are saying, honey, you can't just eat candy. And the kid lies and hides and finds a way to eat all the candy and then gets a cavity. He's not brushing his teeth like his parents tell him to do. He's not doing the good things that his parents tell him to do. And then he reaps the just natural consequence. His parents aren't causing the cavity. They're trying to warn him from the cavity, from the pain. And although very small in comparison, I think it's a reasonable like, oh, wait, he's a loving father. He's trying to keep us from the hurt and from the pain. And that's the strange reality of this walk is that when he's saying no to certain things, it can feel like he is against us. He's hurting us. And it requires that humility and probably grace of the Holy Spirit to say, okay, I don't understand this, but you're saying no. And I really want this, but I know that you're a good father. I believe it's in Hebrews where it talks about we have to know that he is good. He's a good father and a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And I don't mean, this isn't prosperity gospel. This isn't being rich. Reward is, oh man, I'm made more like Jesus. Oh man, like, I don't feel as constrained and demanded upon to fit the mold of the world. I don't feel as compelled to to check Facebook and compare myself. Like, those are small but tangible fruits and rewards of being made in his image, or or sorry, um, we're all made in his image, but being redeemed and him rewarding us and him giving us good gifts. Growth, joy, relationships, not the things. Well, y'all, it's been a pleasure as usual. Um, Feel free to share comments, things you want to hear about, um, anything. And I look forward to connecting with you again soon.